Welcome to Event Marketing Redefined, a show where we teach you how to create immersive and meaningful face-to-face -face experiences that drive real results for your business. I'm your host, trade show and event marketing expert, Matt Kleinrock. Now let's get started. Welcome to Event Marketing Redefined. I am your host, Matt Kleinrock, CEO of Rockway Exhibits and Events. And today we have a super cool show. And I have Jessica, I hope I don't mess this up, Jessica, Sabila. Sabila. Pretty Sabila <laughs> on with us today. And Jessica is from the Exhibitor Advocate. And this is a super cool thing that I think is necessary in our industry. Uh, I think there's a lot of work to be done. And I think it's cool that it's being taken on, right? Because exhibitors need a voice. Exhibitors, I think there is a long way to go in this space. So Jessica, welcome. Thanks for being here. And I can't wait to talk trade shows and the trade show world with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. You got it. Let's get diving in here. So what I first want to do is just give me your background, get, you know, just give us a brief background on kind of how you've gotten to here to be yeah. in this position. Yeah. So I've actually been in the exhibitions and events industry for over 20 years. The majority mm -hmm. of that was spent with White Wave Foods, which you'd know better as Horizon Organic, Silk Soy Milk, International Delight, and a number of other brands. I managed the event strategy for White Wave as well as Danone North America when we were bought by them. Um, okay. But previous to that, I also worked on the show management side. So I worked for a company called New Hope Natural Media, which mm -hmm. has since been bought by Informa. And I was on the operations team for Natural Products Expos East and West, along with a number of other shows that New Hope managed at the time. I've also been on the board of TSEA, the Trade Show Exhibitors Association. And when I was with TSEA, I was also part of the advocacy committee with the association. Okay. And it is that group of people that when TSEA dissolved, kind of stayed together for the last 10 years. We've been meeting on a regular basis almost every month for the last 10 years, meeting and talking about issues in the industry. And it's that group that has formed the Exhibitor Advocate. So it's a, a group of very seasoned industry veterans that I'm working with that are super passionate about this industry and making it successful. And we think it's a really critical time to ensure that exhibitors have a seat at the table and that their voice is heard within the industry. Love that. And that is a awesome rundown of why you're here. Why are we having this conversation and the large task that you have yeah. ahead of you? So let's go right into the segue. Give me like, I know what I think are the biggest issues, but I don't want to start <laughs> ranting and raving, right? So give me no the three biggest issues. No ranting and raving issues. on this. No, there's no, this is my show. I will rant. No, just kidding. Um, give me the three biggest issues that you yeah. think exhibitors face today. Yeah. We know that the number one issue that exhibitors have is on rising costs, right? So things like shipping and drayage, electrical costs are yep. all going up. Obviously that's the number one issue. The other side of that equation though, is data. We need better data from exhibitor or from show management. Exhibitors yeah. need to be able to put an ROI on their shows. And then the other issue that is the whole reason that we exist is that exhibitors don't currently have a voice in this industry. There's no mm -hmm. platform prior to the exhibitor advocate for sharing concerns or challenges or hopes and dreams for the exhibitors, yeah. right? Yes. And so it, it's a, a really important part of the ecosystem that we ensure that exhibitors have a voice in what happens in these shows. Those are good ones. Obviously, they're the three biggest. Let's start with data. Let's start there because I think this is one that I'm really curious about. I think I understand it and I know kind of the power struggle that goes on, but I do think that power struggle, unfortunately, is more for very large companies that are struggling mm -hmm. with associations because they know the power of data, right? Versus what I like to say is they are the minority, those big companies. Now they make the wheel go, but they're the minority on the floor. The majority is... I want to say small businesses, but most businesses that are not even really arguing or fighting or thinking about the data, right? So give me the rundown on 
data and sort of the the issue there. Yeah, it's interesting. I agree with you. I think I, I don't know the exact stat, but I want to say it's around like 80% of a trade show floor is the 10 by 10, the smaller exhibitors, right? Wow. And if you think about the smaller exhibitors, they may not know who the buyers are. They may not have mm -hmm. direct connections with those buyers. They may not have contact info for their buyers. So the whole point in going to the trade show is to meet with those people, right? Yep. And if they don't have access to the data, if that data is not shared, then they could be missing the opportunity to have those connections, make those yeah. relationships, have those interactions on the show floor. And that is the whole reason for being there. So exhibitors yeah. need to have access to the data, not as an additional expense as being part of the show, but being an exhibitor at the show period, right? We're paying yeah. for that interaction. That's the whole point of being there. It shouldn't be this serendipitous thing where the buyer happens to walk by your booth and you're able to just grab them out of the aisle and bring them in. I mean, obviously, yes, we want to entice people to come into our booth, but allow us to do the outreach pre-show. Yeah. Allow us to get the data on a buyer so that we understand what is their buying cycle? Yeah. What, are, what are they interested in? Is it my products or not? Right. And then when should I be contacting them? You know, when is yeah. a good time to talk about the opportunities that they might have in, in looking at my products, right? So there's a lot of data and obviously every industry is a little different, but we need to access to that data if we're going to be successful in, in the show environment. I think it's interesting because I do, I think, you know, I try to, when there are issues like this, as much as I like to rant and rave, I do try to put myself in the other people's shoes. So I understand what the association per se, is maybe doing with data saying, hey, we don't want you spamming all these attendees yeah. and ruining the quality of the show, right? Great argument. Like on a debate stage, it would be it would be good. I think the question I would pose is, well, what then, right? Because right. the way it's being done doesn't work. And right. I then try to reflect on and think to myself, okay, I mean, I go to events and things of that nature where I'm the attendee, right? Yep. I mean- I'm the salmon in the river with the, you know, with the grizzlies. Like I, I get it. So I understand what that's like. And honestly, maybe it's the nature of my industry and what I do, but I appreciate some of the outreach. Yes. I, I appreciate the effort, the creativeness, you know, like Bill from IPME. I joked with him. I never met him a day in my life. Walked straight up to him at EDPA in 2021. I said, were you in my hotel room? He was like, what? He was like, what? Because he had he had them put IPME water bottles in your room, so it was like I was down at EDPA all day. Yeah. I came up into my room, and it was just it was just a fun thing. And it's like so I appreciate the effort, I appreciate the outreach, yeah. but not all people do. So, I guess my question to you would be: What does a different model look for data at yeah. these events? Because I agree, we're there for connection, we're there for engagement. So why are we hoarding things from yeah. people? Yeah, I think everybody who walks into a trade show understands that every exhibitor in there wants a piece of you, right? I mean, it's a market. On that it's, a mar right? it's a market. It's a market. Yeah. It's yes. being at the show, right? Yeah. That's why we're there. And look, I may not be interested in, you know, as an attendee, I may not be interested in talking with every single exhibitor at the show, but the better way to do it, Matt, is for us to survey our attendees prior to the show mm, and that, share yeah. that data with the exhibitors. Look, here's who is interested in products like yours. Here are their buying cycles, right? And yeah, if attendees really can share more information about what their interests are in being at the show, then exhibitors can be more responsible with that data. And there's okay. two sides of that equation. Exhibitors need mm -hmm. to understand that we can't take advantage of that data and spam everybody yeah. who's going yep. to the show, right? If we're going to give you more qualified data, then you have to be responsible with it, right? And reach out and try to create interactions. But if it's if it's not the right time or if it's not the right buyer, accept that too, right? Yeah. So there's You'll two have sides spammers. of that equation. He 
you course. just will. Yeah. I, I, and we all know yeah, that, right? But every attendee that is in that show floor is there for a reason. Creating a matchmaking opportunity that yep. is more supported by show management would be an incredibly beneficial opportunity for both the exhibitor and the attendee. So I love where you're going with this. And what it has me thinking is like, I think about in terms of like our world is becoming more transparent by the day because of technology and just in general. So essentially, like I think about it as like a business owner and and essentially like because things are becoming more transparent as a business, you constantly have to be pivoting and moving. So it's like sometimes just just get in front of the train, right? Get out in front of it, be transparent create some honesty. So Mike, I guess what, what I would say is who's going to be the first association that is going to say, Hey, let's do this together rather than us and you. So how are we going to either pull attendees? How are you going to get attendees involved? Say, Hey, what do you want here? What are you looking for? Is this educational? Is this product-based, right? What is it that you're searching for? And what comment you made is how do we match up? Because everyone's there for engagement, connection face to face. So you're kind of making everybody fight for it. You know what I mean? It's like you open the doors and you throw the bones in the middle and you let the dogs run in. And it's like, well, why not create some strong, sorry, why not create, (laughs) it's a bad enough, whatever. (laughs) Why not create some structure to it? Like make it so that it makes more sense for everybody. And I think that transparency of model saying, look, we understand like data is important to everybody. You have sellers, you have buyers, you have this whole thing. So let's make it work for everybody. And it might take some trial. It might take some trial and error, but ultimately- if you want to keep driving value to exhibitors, they need it. I mean, they need it's some data to come of it. from the data. Yeah. And yep. if we don't have the data from this environment, exhibitors will find it from other places. And so we want to ensure that live yeah, events are looked true. at as an irreplaceable part of the marketing mix, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the main things that we talk about at the Exhibitor Advocate is that live events are important. And they are not going to go away, but we need to find a way to make them more impactful. And we need to ensure that our marketing leaders and our exhibit managers find them to be a valuable part of the marketing mix. Yeah. I love what you just said that live events are an irreplaceable part of the market. Like we have to make it as such. And that goes into an entire conversation about the value of trade shows what they used to be, what they are now, I do believe the value has shifted from what they used to be because of technology, right? It's just a natural thing. Love data. I think that was really great. I would challenge anybody who listens to this, or if you can send this to your contractor friends, association friends, how about challenging the transparency? Like make it work. It doesn't work right now. It doesn't. So you attendees and exhibitors are the lifeblood of a trade show without attendee, without happy attendees and happy exhibitors. You don't have anything. This is a problem. I think fixing it is somewhere along the lines of what you just said without a doubt. And look, I think show organizers, the associations, or even the for-profit organizers have a huge opportunity here. Right. And we would love to partner with those associations and help them. I know they're busy. I know they have a whole lot of things on their plate. If associations are open to trying something new when it comes to data, we have some incredible research partners with the Exhibitor Advocate. And so I'd love to to work with an association that can help us test and learn. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, let's go into no voice in the industry because I think the first one you listed is like... (laughs) It's it's loaded. So yeah, yeah very that's loaded. Yeah, we're gonna get there last. Let's yeah. go to so no voice in the industry. So tell yeah. me a little bit about why that's such a problem and kind of I guess why exhibitors should be worried about it. Yeah, so TSEA, the Trade Show Exhibitors Association, dissolved in 2012. And I think it was an opportunity for exhibitors to come together and share concerns and to have an independent organization, right, that spoke Mm -hmm. on their behalf. When that went away, the industry lost that voice, right? So this ecosystem has all different stakeholders, but we lost one of the most critical voices in the ecosystem. And there really wasn't another outlet or platform for exhibitors to share concerns. And so 
when our group was talking about this, we saw some red flags before COVID around rising costs and data. COVID happens, right? Everything shuts down for mm-hmm. a little while. We come back and these issues are just being exacerbated by inflation, exacerbated by kind of a, a lag in innovation or a lag in data that was available to us over COVID in these virtual events that we, or other marketing channels that we experimented with. So it really is important that the industry understands what the exhibitors need in order for the entire industry to be successful and Mm -hmm. to have a sustainable future for our industry. We can't have one stakeholder that has no voice. So Mm. I think it's important to have an association that speaks on behalf of exhibitors. Um, And I think it's important for those exhibitors for a couple of reasons. Most exhibitors are busy, right? They don't have a ton of time to dig into some of these issues. And I know you want to talk about this too. Some of our exhibit managers are maybe newer to this industry, younger, don't understand the issues, right? Yes. And so it's, it's hard to understand what's happening or make change sometimes you feel alone you feel like it's only who do you go to who do you at your show right like who do i even tell this bill i don't know what it Mm -hmm. means i don't know who to go to i think it's also hard to defend some of the rules and regulations and the pricing in our industry to higher level management that maybe doesn't participate in trade shows. So you've got folks that don't know how to defend it, don't know how to talk about it. And we need to give them the tools to be able to understand the value of the channel and to be able to advocate for it, whether that's internally or externally, right? They might be advocating for it internally with their their marketing leaders or their C-suite. And we need them to have a voice with their show management advocating for the elements that they need to be successful within the show. So I think that's a, I have a few things I want to get to here. It's an incredible rundown you just gave the advocacy thing and having a voice. I have a story from, I don't know, 17, 2017, maybe we had a client we had worked with in a show here in Orlando. I remember this clear as day this is a perfect example of advocacy, Right. They had done this show for years. We had worked with them. The cost to rig their hanging sign was pretty much right around the same every single year. Okay. Mm-hmm. This year, we had multiple ex- exhibits in the show. So we, you know, we just knew ahead of time when we were p- planning and prepping that this cost increased by about four times for just mm-hmm. this show heading in this year. It was an absurd number, like an absurd number. So we knew we tried to prep our clients and talk to them about it and let them know. Essentially, I went down on the show floor just to poke around and, you know, see our clients and talk. And my client, you know, she pulled this off to the side and she's like, this rigging, what the hell? And she like just went off on it, talking, blah, blah, blah. And when I started talking, I realized like she doesn't even understand this. I yeah. get why she's mad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I told her flat, I said, you need to go talk to your association. Yeah. You pay money to be a part of that association. They're putting this show on for you. Yeah. And the attendees, right? So it is an absurd cost. It's ridiculous. But my point of that story is to say she did not know where to go, who to tell, or what to do. She didn't even really understand how these costs, how a rigging cost gets set or where it comes yeah. from. Right. So a lot of people don't. No, they 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 don't have a clue, which I think you know, the advocacy part too is also the educational piece. How do we That's educate right. people? Because the first thing yeah. she should be doing that night, or I would go on the show floor that day, I'd go find somebody from the association and say, Hey, walk me through this, please. Yeah. Cause this is crazy. Yeah. How am I supposed to make money doing this? And for a lot of exhibitors, their one point of contact with the association is their sales rep, who is probably not the person to go to to voice these concerns, right? We want to see every single show have an exhibitor advisory council. Every show should have a council that represents both the small guy and the big guy, the exhibitors who have been there for forever and the brand new exhibitors, right? And they should have the opportunity to voice concerns and successes to show management, to the associations and together work on making the show better for all parties, right? So this shouldn't be a ceremonial council. Mm -hmm. They should meet on a regular basis. They should dig into the details. It should be a working group that actually can make change 
that's best yeah. for everybody. I mean, first of all, the exhibit advisory council for every single show, I think is an incredible idea that needs to be pushed to people to yeah. have that happen. I think it's going to take, I think all of this that we're talking about is going to take some big thinking people from yeah. contractors, from associations to say, Hey, like we're listening. We hear you. We understand change has to be made and start to shift in that direction. It's um, going to take early adopters, right? It's going to yeah, take oh, some people that yeah. are willing to take the risk, right? And yep. try something new. You can't be afraid of change, right? We've got to yep. be innovative in this industry. And so let's take that risk together, right? Let's, let's do yep. it in a way that's smart and test these things out in a way that mm -hmm. we can then share best practices with the industry. I love that. Michelle made a comment earlier talking about data, which we know, which is the first topic we talked about yeah. and essentially saying that like data should be shared. And I love this point saying that it helps, it helps exhibitors select shows. And yeah. interestingly enough, this is something that we talk to our customers about. And I talk about, it's like not every show you're going to is the right show for you. And That's it right. is difficult to select shows. And if you want people to come to your shows and you want exhibitors to be interested, whether it's their annual and it's big and it's broad or whether it's super micro and it's niche and it's something like if you want people to test shows, if you want to get new exhibitors, just a quick point on this is that that is a great point. Giving data out, even if you curate it however you want, they don't do that now. So you have to be yeah. able to say, hey, look, here's the data on our show. You let us know if you're a good fit and if you can come make money here and this and this works. So- Michelle, it, great point. It helps exhibitors decide what they want to do in their space, right? Do they need yeah. to bring every single piece of equipment or do yep. they want oh, to yeah. focus their marketing in a certain way? Yep. So it helps us make decisions on how we're going to participate both in this current show and for future shows. I love that. Yes. Do you go big? Do you go small? Right. Yeah. Do you test the, I mean, we talked to our clients about say, Hey, go test it right? Yeah. Go test with a 10 by 20. I mean, we had a client just recently that we told them on the phone, don't do the 20 by, don't do it. I think it was a 20 by 30, but like, don't do it. You don't know the show. It's a new market. Like go with the 10 by 20, reduce your spend, you know? And it's like, yeah, I mean, would I love to make another 30, 40 grand on the bigger booth? Yeah, I mean, I would love it, right? But it's like, it's not the right thing to do. But don't you want that client for long-term? That client who trusts I want that. you that you're working yes. in their best interest, right? Absolutely. And it's the same for show management too, right? Yep. Don't you want that exhibitor for the long-term? Don't you yes. want that exhibitor that trusts you and believes that you have their best interest at heart? Yep. That's going to make a good yeah. trade show. It's the, uh, the authenticity of the exchange, right? Like it's yeah. such a big thing. So let's, let's pause on the issues here. I have a question from Michael. We love questions on the show. Michael, thank you for the question. He recognizes he's taking us a little off course here, but that's okay. We like going off course a little bit. He says, <laughs> how are you thinking about demos versus experiences versus swag for exhibitors to attract folks? So Jessica, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I, I probably have plenty, but if you'd like yeah, to start, go it's, ahead. It's so hard because it's different for every industry, right? It's yep. different for every exhibitor. It really comes down to objectives. An exhibitor yes. has to have mm. an objective that is measurable, that is clear, right? Going into the show. Yep. I do this with all my clients and, and it's so hard sometimes to get something that's specific that you want to be able to measure at the show. But if you can get to a specific measure, they call it SMART goals, mm -hmm. right? If they can get to a specific measurable yeah. goal and objective, then these answers get really easy. Does the demo mm -hmm. meet the objective? Does the experience oh, yeah. meet the objective? Who's your target audience? Yes. How are you approaching them, right? You can't mm -hmm. do any of that without a SMART objective. So I love that. I think that is such a good answer. You know, So Michael, like I think a little bit of, that question is what a lot of exhibitors do is they put the cart ahead of the horse, right? right. And I, ideally what Jessica is saying, and I'll say a little differently, is you need intention. You need purpose as to why you're exhibiting. What are your goals? Yeah. What are your objectives? What are you trying to accomplish by being here? And it doesn't always need to be like, oh, we want to drive half a million in revenue or 10 million. In it doesn't always need to be that. It just needs to be purposeful, right? It needs yeah. to have meaning. And it can be a lot of things for a lot of different people. So that would be the first thing is to set those. And then if you're talking about demos versus experience versus swag. So here would be my thoughts. 
Demo experiences, I think you should be giving demos, whether it's with software, product, anything. Like if it's product, hands-on, right? Got to use it, want to touch, feel, see, watch, be involved. I think 100% it should always be there. And it's a part of an experience, right? So you're going to be crafting an experience for somebody. And when it comes to experience, I would reverse engineer it. How do you want them to feel leaving your trade show booth, right? Then that will pretty much tell you kind of what that engagement looks like and what you want them to be doing. And that's where you can really draw the ideas, the inspiration. That's where you can kind of throw the shit against the wall and see if it sticks because you know the goals, you know the objectives, you know the customer. So if you throw something out, some people may be like, yeah, that's cool, but it really doesn't have anything to do with what we're trying to accomplish. And then swag, I would honestly say swag is a semi overrated thing in the sense that it is a lot of throwaway, a lot of junk, and a lot of useless stuff. I would, if you're doing swag, I would do very appropriate, good, high-end quality stuff. Don't give somebody something that you think 50% of the people are going to throw away. Give people something yeah. that you think like 10% of the people are going to throw away, but give away quality stuff. Those would be my... Thoughts to attract. Swag is a booth driver in my world, yeah. right? Like it, yeah. whether it's a high priced item that you're promoting pre-show to drive uh -huh. traffic to your booth to get that big item, yeah. or it's something really simple that people see around the show floor, right? The tote bag or the lanyard yeah. or whatever, right? But I can't tell you how many people love a light up button. I It's amazing to me how nice. you put a light up button on them and people love that kind of swag and it drives traffic to your booth, right? So again, depending on your objectives, whether or not that's the right swag item mm -hmm. is what's important to answer, but nice. it, it swags the booth driver. Yeah. And I love cool stuff with swag. I mean, I love the I love ideas, cool but it's got to go back to those smart goals. And right. um, Jessica, Michael wrote in the chat here, great thoughts. He loves the idea of the smart goals. And what I would add to that, Michael, on top is like, so, you know, some of the things that we help our customers do to create those smart goals is really talking about a few things. One is pretty much asking them their why. What is your purpose? What is your intention? You need to, with leadership, be able to craft that. Why are we exhibiting? What is the real reason, right? The second thing would be the customer, the audience. Who are you there for? Who are they? Why are they there? They there for education? Are they there to buy? Are they like a lot of people go to conferences for many different things? So you got to know the pulse of the customer, why they're there, the problem you solve for them. The third piece I would ask yourself about is your brand, right? You got to know your company. You got to know who you are, what you stand for, what your mission is. And I would be, I say this all the time, like unapologetically you don't become a parody on the trade show floor. Be your brand. Put Take your chips and put them all in on your brand, your voice. And obviously there's a ton more that goes into that, but that was a really good question. Yeah. Call Matt and he'll um, tell you all about it. <laughs> call me. Yeah, you, you can text me. So, all right, rising costs. We are on your third yeah. biggest issue for exhibitors. So so yeah. give me a little bit on rising costs. Obviously, there's inflation and things of that nature, but give me the rising yeah, costs. Yeah, and look, we understand inflation, right? We yep. understand that. Shipping right now is inflation-related, right? We get that. But when costs go up, things like drayage and electrical, it is really hard for an exhibitor to justify these costs, right? Year we over year. No Just more and more. Yep. Of how these costs are being defined, right? And look, I'm not asking anybody to tell me how they make the sausage. Your business is your business. But an exhibitor has a limited budget for these shows, yep. right? Yes, they do. And when yes. it costs increase on things like shipping and drayage, labor, electrical, right? My budget doesn't go up for the show. And so mm -hmm. I'm taking away money from things that could potentially be revenue generating opportunities at the show. And I'm spending yep. it in other places. If as an exhibitor, the costs of the show are not equalizing the value that I get from that show, it's going to be harder and harder for me to justify going to the show. So we've either got to, well, we have to do both, right? We have to bring costs down. We have to make this easier for the exhibitors from a cost perspective. Yeah. And we've got to bring the value up, right? We've got to be able mm -hmm. to provide an ROI. And that's going to take all stakeholders in this industry, right? The suppliers that are supplying services 
to the exhibitors, to show management, have to come to the table with the associations and show management to figure out how we right size the cost yeah. to the exhibitor and make it more valuable for them. So look, it's, it's not an easy answer. I know that we've been talking about drayage for 70 years. I get it, but we've got to have the conversation and it needs yeah. to be an ecosystem wide conversation. I love what you said there. How are costs being defined? Right. Yeah. Because you start seeing big bills and you're like, what, what happened? It's like when you go to a restaurant and you maybe order, you know, some bottles of wine that you weren't sure what the cost was, whatever. And the bill comes, you're like, oh my God, where did, you know, you're looking through the bill. It's like, you don't get the itemization really in terms right. of how these costs have inflated so much year after year. And it's yeah. like, where does it end? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where, look, a lot of this is outside the control of exhibitors, but I think what it brings me to is how important your group is. Okay. And how important it is for organizations like the EDPA to be involved in pushing this. Hopefully, important for a live show and podcast like mine that if we have event marketers listening, to tell them, like, be conscious of this. Go to the advocacy groups, go to your association, go talk to them, right? Go ask for yeah. justification, go ask what's being done to change. And really, what brings me to every time in the conversations, I don't get lost in the drayage and the fighting with the contractor. I, I don't get lost in that because they are going to beat people over the heads for as long as they can because they've been allowed to, right? So my thing is where they might lose down the road is the value of the trade show, right? Can only beat on people for so long because the technology has changed. A lot of event managers I talk to are talking about micro events, they're talking about outside events, their own events, non-union events. They're talking all these different things. And all it says to me is I'm bypassing your show. I'm bypassing you being the third party that connects and meets and greets me. You want to know why? Because I have social media. You want to know why? Because I have Zoom info. You want to know why? Because I have all the technology in the world and the selling process these days has changed. Yeah. It used to be that the buyer was at a disadvantage. You know yeah. what I mean? You walk into a car dealership, you're like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the car guy hits you over the head. And it's like, nowadays, it's like people walk in with a car fax and they're like, hey, I'll buy this car for $20,000 or I'm going to go home. So it's it's just yeah. a different era. So to me, trade shows have to start to understand you need the exhibitor, you need the attendee. Where's the value? It's in the engagement. It's in the yep. experience. It's in the deliverables of the ROI and what people yep. are able to go home with. It is face-to-face -face marketing. And it's a big shift that I think needs to, needs to happen in our space. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And that's going to take everybody, right? Because I don't, I don't want to believe that there's any stakeholder in this industry that's hitting people over the head. So let's make sure that we're sitting at the table together right? And having that yeah. conversation. You got to come to the table so though. You got you to gotta come to the table to have, have the conversation. conversation, right? So yeah. let's do that, right? And that's that's my invitation, you know, as the exhibitor advocate is let's, let's sit yeah. at that table and have that conversation. So I have a very cool thing here that marries on top of this, right? Yeah. And here's what I have. So I have an article, it's some research done by exhibitor, right? So best practices in trade show and yep. event marketing. I had Travis on my last live show. He was fantastic. He was a wealth of knowledge. I'm actually very excited about Exhibitor and what yeah. Mark Johnson and the group are doing. Yeah. Forget the gentleman's name that's taking over. Dan um, spoke it. He was great. Really just yeah. like gregarious. And he has a vision for it. I thought he did exceptionally well in presenting yeah. it. But they did, you know, they reached out. They surveyed more than 300 companies on how their exhibiting dollar is spent. This is super interesting to me, right? So there, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and I have about nine items here, right? 6% mm -hmm. graphic design and production, 9% shipping, 32% booth space, 3% virtual exhibits and events, 11% show services, 7% other expenses. It's an other category for social like they media call like, and content creation. I thought that yeah, was the interesting just, call out from that one. Odds and ends around it, right? But uh -huh, to yeah. me, those are revenue producing activities to a degree. 5% uh -huh. marketing promotion, 13% travel and lodging. It's absolutely required. And then there's 14% exhibit design and construction. That would be me, right? So yeah. 
I am curious your thoughts on this. I will give you my very brief thought on this. The math tells me that 43% of an exhibitor's spend is on the concrete and on the services to get them in and out of the show, as well as lighting, rigging, electric, you know, internet, you know, all things of that nature. Yep. That's a huge number in that spend. Yep. And yep. I think when you start looking at value to exhibitors and what they need, and I'm yeah. not saying this number is like twice as much as it should be. I'm not naive of what it costs for venues and what contractors do. And I get it. It's a huge operation. There's a lot going yeah. on. But I do think there is a difference when you start talking about profitability and you start talking about the money that is made on these things. And I think that this item is hurting exhibitors and is hurting the value of trade shows and they've been feeling it for years. That's right. Yeah. I had exactly the same reaction that you did yeah. is just this shock of how much we spend on concrete, right? And exactly to your point and the, the three big issues that we're talking about for exhibitors today, if we're spending that kind of money just to show up, right? Just to show up with, with before the marketing, before any of that other activity, there has to be a value to the show. And that's going to come in different forms for different industry segments or different shows. But we've got to make sure that the association is partnered with exhibitors to ensure mm. that that value is there, right? Um, yep. We've got to have the value for the cost that we're going. I think as a, a tool that Exhibitor puts out, this is incredibly important, right? It's a yep. really nice benchmarking tool. Is it, you know, the Bible? No, probably no. not, right? It's an no. average and you can pick it apart all you want. But I can tell you that the first thing that I did when I saw it was I did a little back of the napkin math for one of my clients just to see like, how did their, yeah. their how do they stack up? measure up, right? And, mm -hmm. and it was interesting to me, right? For my client in particular, at this one particular show, they spent a lot more in show services. And, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, is that reasonable for that show or is it too high, right? It, so it's a good benchmarking tool. And I think I really appreciate Exhibitor Media Group for doing these types of, of research and putting these helpful. tools out there and available. It's incredibly helpful to us. But I do think it's interesting when you look at some of these numbers, the show services one in particular, you know, it, it feels like maybe exhibitors are making choices. And yep. one of the ways that they have to reduce costs is to reduce their booth space, their booth size. And by doing that, you also reduce show services. Is that happening here, right? What What is yeah. behind these numbers? If you're, it also looks like I think there's about 10% if you add in the other expenses and the virtual together, you get about 10% yep. of this kind of digital social media marketing type of piece. So it feels almost like exhibitors are decreasing their spend in show services and either increasing or maintaining a spend in this virtual digital space. They have to, I mean, they have to, they're trying to exactly. do anything they can. Right? Yeah. Yep. And they've, they've learned from the pandemic and, you know, they're implementing the things that have worked in some of the digital side of things. So yeah. there seems like a great opportunity when we talk about data, right. And value creation with our yep. shows, if we can give them the info, that piece, right. There's a huge opportunity there. Yeah. I think when I look at these numbers, obviously my first one is a glaring that I said, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's glaring. But I also think like it makes me ponder the question, what is the point of the trade show? Yeah. Like if I was sitting in front of my association as an exhibitor, I would ask, what's the point of this show then? What are we doing here? What is the ultimate, yeah. if you were to create a mission statement for this show as an association, it takes a year to plan these. It's a whole thing. What's the point? What are we doing yeah. here? Why? And then when you put that all in there and then you start looking at costs and looking at the breakdowns and looking at what people are fighting through, you're like, man, this is this just a bunch of people beating their heads against the wall sometimes, yeah. you know, from both sides. I mean, look, the contractors and the associations and the venues, they have their gripes and they have very valid gripes of some yeah. of this stuff. I think it's time to start getting people to come sit at the table and say, let's make this more valuable for yes. everybody 
Otherwise, these marketers, these brands, and these people are going to get smart and they're already getting smart and they're going to start doing way different stuff and shifting the budget away from something that I think is incredibly valuable and incredibly, at times, I would use the term like authentic and just, it's just yeah. a really great thing, a good trade show. So that's yeah. what I would like to see happen in, in that space for sure. The number of relationships that you can build in a yep. one or two day show at these events is immeasurable sometimes, right? Yes, you, it would take you years yeah. to fly and meet with all these folks and develop these relationships. And sometimes you yeah. can do it over a cocktail after the mm. show floor ends or in your booth as they stop in on a whim yep. or as they Thank happen you. to walk by, right? This is an incredibly important part of the marketing mix. And we've got to ensure that there's a sustainable future for it. Yeah. I mean, you said live events are, we need to make them an irreplaceable part of the market. That's right. I love that. And I think it's so yeah. true. Um, yep. All right. We have a question from Tariq and he says, Hey Matt, he goes, my question, the cost of internet at different venues for the same speed varies insanely. He goes, example, 10 Mbps at Venetian would cost around 4K, but the same internet at Javits goes up to 15K. He said, this hits really yeah. hard on the budget for roadshow type exhibits. How can we control it? And where can we share this feedback? Tariq, great question. I would say you have the person on the call here, right? I would say whoever is building your exhibit and helping you craft your experience, go to them. They can get to Jessica. And the other thing I would say is your association because right. they understand these costs. If they come back to you and say, oh, we don't know, that's that's the Javits or that's, you know, don't let them play the blame game. Like they don't know what's going on. They know the venue, the contractor, the association, they all know what's going on. There are large contracts in place. They agree to things. And granted, yes, the three of them are all trying to make money. And that is an absolutely fair proposition for the work that they are putting into this. But that's where the question goes. Your association, for sure, you should be going to your We'll say exhibit house is the term, not my favorite term, but we'll use it. And then you are, you're on the call with the lovely Jessica and that's exactly what she's doing here. Yeah. And that's look, a great point. Show organizers or the association are negotiating these contracts with the general service contractor, the yeah. venue, they are setting those prices as part of those negotiations. Yes. So the show management organization or the association has the opportunity to provide feedback from their exhibitors during that negotiation and work through the pricing in a way that works better for their exhibitors. Yeah, it's great. But point. if they don't know what the exhibitors' pain points are, they can't negotiate on your behalf. So you yeah. have to speak up to your association. You have to have an exhibitor advisory council that can provide a breadth of knowledge from the exhibitors that are participating. And if that doesn't work, then you've got the exhibitor advocate to help you and be on your side. And I would I would also tell you in terms of talking to your association, remind you this survey, I mean, 32% of your total costs are going to your concrete for getting your yep. space. So yep. I would speak up. I would tell them. I would write your contact. I would make phone calls and ask, you know, like, how am I spending $15,000 for internet for three days? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, like help me out here. And then I would tell the person next to you to say something because, you yep. know, let them figure out ways to drive more value to you. You know, it doesn't need to be a bitch fest all the time, but it's let them find more value for you. Let them yes. figure out how to fit your needs. Cause if you're going to show up and you're going to spend money and you're going to be a part of this face-to-face -face marketing community and trade shows, I think that's fair. The other point I would make is this is why, you know, you said roadshows, Tariq. This is why you are now going to see cities like Louisville, Dallas, Nashville. I don't, you know, just these smaller cities are, are building out their convention centers. And Indianapolis has had a few this year. They are trying to drive shows to the less conventional big time cities to keep costs down, to keep them more realistic. So I think you'll see that. And I would encourage you not to avoid a show because it's in Louisville or because it is in Indianapolis. Actually, our industry, our tr annual trade show is Exhibitor Live. And that is where 
exhibit houses and we'll call us experience agencies, what everybody wants to say. And our suppliers and people all in that space all exhibit. And our show's in Louisville this, in 2023, right? It's in a smaller city. I think it's going to drive a ton more value. We are absolutely going to show up. And I would encourage everybody to do the same, even when you see these smaller cities on your schedules, because that is going to help keep costs down. That's right. Great question though. So Jessica, next thing I want to talk about is I want to dive into some of the things that you and I have talked about with event marketers is some of the complications with how people get hand handed trade show work, right? Yeah. The way I view it a lot of times is you see somebody who's a marketing associate or somebody at a company and either, you know, the VP of sales, VP of marketing, CMO, somebody walks in is like, Hey, you're taking over trade shows and they're not an event marketer. Maybe they don't have, they have some event planning uh, skills, but maybe not a ton, right? The education gap that's there. So the first thing I would recommend to people, if you are put in a seat to run your trade shows is the, I always screw up this acronym, CTSM. Yes, very good. Yep, (laughs) see, look at me go. The CTSM program that exhibitor has, it's great classes, great training. Incredible, yeah. There's really quality content there. And there are a lot of exhibit houses like myself that are looking to court you who teach classes in those shows, but also, you know, we do know what we're doing, especially the good ones. So we really give away some great information so you can build up your knowledge. But yeah, Jessica, I mean, let's just talk about that a little bit about some of the inexperience of people running trade shows and then like the downward pressures of making sure that things go well, but when they really don't know what they're doing and they have to learn on the fly. Yeah. I mean, when I was was in college, there was no formal program for event marketing or trade shows or anything like that. And I think when you talk to people in the industry, they say that all the time. I fell into this industry or I stumbled my way into this role, right? And so there hasn't been an educational component for teaching people how to do this previously. I am a CTSM graduate. I think Mm, that the programming from Exhibitor is a top-notch, right? I remember the first time that I went into that educational sessions and I was blown away by the quality of the content. So I think it's an incredible program and I'm excited that Dan and Mark are taking it on and planning to grow that program because Mm -hmm. it's a great way for exhibit managers to learn the business, even if they don't go all the way through the CTSM program, just the classes and taking a few classes here and there are incredibly valuable. But it's it can be an expensive proposition. So if you're mm. in a small company or if you're not planning to do event marketing for the rest of your career, maybe this is just something like you said, that's been put on your plate. Yep. You need an opportunity to learn about the business quickly, right? And so we want to share content, resources, data that will help exhibit managers understand what the issues are, be able to address those pain points with mm-hmm. show management, right, in the short time that they might be in that role. And yeah. we want the people that are at the leader level that maybe hold the purse strings or the decision makers about which shows you're going to go to, we want to be able to provide data and research that helps them understand the mm-hmm. value of the live I love that. space, right? So we've got to be able to put these tools in the right hands. And that's one of the biggest reasons why the Exhibitor Advocate exists. So the content that we will put out on social media, the research and the data that will be available on our website is an opportunity to educate those newer folks in this industry and to help educate the decision makers and the marketing leaders that are questioning this part of the marketing mix. It's all coming. I love that. And I think it's a cool thing to tackle, right? Outside yeah. of like the advocacy stuff we're talking about. I think this is a big part of the advocacy. So yeah. some things you touched on that I think are really important. A, this is not taught. Event right. marketing is not taught. They don't teach people how to market, produce results, create experiences, engage. They don't teach that. So most of the people that get tossed into this, they learn on the fly, right? Most companies don't have a system in place when you get there to do it, unless they're very large companies, right? Most companies are not operating with goals and objectives at these trade shows. They do them simply just because they always have. They say, oh, we always go to this show. We always exhibit here, right? And the whole leadership issue with 
CMOs and VPs of sales is they've kind of saddled themselves with this is just how it is. So when you get put in, you get put there. I love what you said, Jessica, about creating data and giving information to educate these CMOs, these VPs, these executives, because we have found as an exhibit house, we fight this battle all the time. Yeah. Because a lot of the people we work with, we're trying to hold their hand and make them be like, hey, look, we it, it's okay. Like, we know you don't know what you're doing. We want to map the process, ensure, you know, because they're worried for their job. They yeah. don't know what they're doing. Worried that if this, this $300,000 thing doesn't. It's a lot of money. It's a yes, lot of money. Terrified. They're terrified. Yeah. And but what we've we've had conversations where somehow we get to this next layer or an email, they come into conversation or they come into a pitch meeting and the executives, when they hear the talk and they hear that they're, they're, they're like, oh, this is great. And it's yeah. as if they didn't even know it existed sometimes. Yeah. So I think yeah. that data to be able to get to exhibitors or to the event marketers that are thrown in the seat to bring up to the higher ups to say, That's hey, right. we can go produce way better results. I can be better at this. Face-to-face -face should be a piece of our marketing channels. We just need to do it way better. I would encourage yeah. anybody on this call and anybody listening to this, that if you are thrown in the seat of running events, running trade shows, don't just be afraid that you don't know what you're doing, right? Push on leadership, ask questions. Hey, what are our goals, right? Why do we go to this trade show? Have we ever created results in the past? What am I going to be measured on? What am I, yeah. you know? And if you're not getting answers, A, I think, you're having a conversation with somebody more high level that's going to love that type of question and conversation. They're going to yep. recognize you as an A player, but push on those things. Don't just go to the trade show and say, oh, I got to call the company to get the booth out of the cave to send it over to the thing. Like, you know, it needs to, there needs to be more there. And I would yep. encourage people to do that. So how are you guys going to be getting, um, you know, this kind of data and yep. kind of helping these people? I would, I would love to know that. We have a couple of really incredible research partners that we're working with right now. And we will be doing surveys. Actually, we're planning one in January that will go directly to exhibit managers and marketing yeah. leaders to understand what's happening in the industry, how they're looking at the future of their program. We've got partnerships with associations and other stakeholders in the industry that are willing to do case studies with us. So Great. we can That's a really good some one. of these ideas yep. and put them out as best practices to the industry. So there's a lot of opportunity to do the research that really hasn't been done from this perspective yeah. and share those insights, share that data with the industry in a way that makes us all more successful. I wanted to share one other point on the education piece because yeah, this came do. up at EDPA when we were there. You know, there isn't a formal education for this stuff, right? And EDPA has an incredible partnership with, is it the FIT and some of the universities? Bemidji to, State. Bemidji State. Thank you. It took I me like a year to learn how to pronounce program. that. Yep. Yep. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity for all of the stakeholders within this industry, right? To reach into the university and colleges that do have programs around hospitality yep. yes. create a, a, a lane for event marketing in those oh, programs, that. right? I would love to see more partnerships between our associations and our universities, our colleges. And I also think that the vocational schools are great space for us to be reaching out to the future workforce for things like the carpenters, right? The teamsters. I visited the carpenters union a couple months ago and was just blown away by their program. Yeah. I oh, would yeah. have I would I would have loved to have known that there was an opportunity to do that kind of work when I was growing and, up, right? It was fascinating. Yes. So yeah. I think there's a huge opportunity for us as professionals and, and the associations to really encourage those partnerships with the educational institutions and build up this workforce for the future. Because we need, we need younger people in this workforce. Yeah, that's really some great points. You know, I do know the vocational schools and the trade schools of that such, they do some really great work. And then, you know what it makes me think of when you're saying that is like, I think of like as the internet becomes more saturated, right? Like experiences are going to constantly become almost more desirable as we lean more into like web three and VR and, and, and all, all the tech, which is great. And it will do incredible things. People will also pull back and be like, 
yeah. oh, I want to be at this festival or I want to be at this event and they're going to want to be face-to-face. So I think we are seeing more brands want to be face-to-face, want to mm-hmm. put on activations, want to throw a summit and it requires event marketers. So That's yes, right. the hospitality programs at schools, they should be teaching this stuff. They should be getting yeah. so many people in event marketing. There's such good careers in it. Um, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. You got me thinking about that. I'm thinking to myself like, okay, like how does that work? Because those, I think those partnerships are super important. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a big nut to crack, right? Like yeah. it's gonna, it's it's hard, but those relationships, you know, the CTSM program is, they have a relationship with the university. EDPA has the relationships they have. These are great yeah. programs and we just need to see more of that. It's gonna take these organizations it takes organizations. That's one thing I, yeah. I I learned. It takes an organization. Yeah. All right, we're sitting on an hour here. This has been an app. This has been a great talk. We still have some people on. Great. I want to close with this. I want to know how do you think trade shows need to evolve, right? And what does yeah. a better future for exhibitors look like? Yeah, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like, right? But we know that it has to be a situation where exhibitors are not faced with the full burden of the financial expense of the show, right? And they're going to need really great data. So we've got to right size the cost and the value that comes from these shows. I think the future of this industry is going to be based on innovation, right? When we think about what it looks like in the future, Face-to-face is always going to be an important part of what we do, but how we incorporate technology, how we incorporate data, how we deal with the the cost of going to a show, that is what's going to sustain this industry, right? So I I think it's Mm. going to look a little bit more, it'll be more integrated, right? I think we'll we'll integrate that tech in a more efficient way. We'll get cost more efficient, And that will be what makes us successful long-term. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. And I would really encourage, you know, this, this show is called event marketing redefined for the very reason of that. We think there's a lot of change to be made. And I do, we want to try and help and influence event marketers and give them a place to listen and come to and educate themselves. And I would just, I encourage them all the time after listening to the show, I'm like, like lean into some of this stuff. I mean, I, I have had the privilege of vetting people for this show and having conversations and talking to some really affluent and smart event marketers. And I can tell people there's a lot out there. You can drive a lot of results. You can do some great things, trade shows, events, brand activation, summits, road show. There's just so much you can do face-to-face and yeah. you know create experience for people. And I hope I hope there's more conversations and seats at the table for everybody here you know, moving forward which is what you're saying. And I hope we share that work, right? I I think Mm -hmm. the social media is such an incredible way for us to share the things that are going on in this industry. So we want your listeners to share the Exhibitor Advocate, right? Our website is exhibitoradvocacy.com. We have a LinkedIn page. We want as many exhibit marketers and marketing leaders and all stakeholders within the industry to understand the exhibitor's perspective and to join the cause, become an advocate. Yeah, so that's actually how we'll close here. So Vishal, my buddy, asked if we have an exhibitor that may be interested in being involved with the organization, what would be the best way to go about approaching them and educating them to see if there is mutual interest in being involved? Yes, well, membership is free. So Mm, definitely share, right? Share the website, (laughs) exhibitoradvocacy.com. Share it with your exhibit marketers, share it with your entire network, go to our LinkedIn page, become a follower of the exhibitor advocate LinkedIn page. And then for those folks that are interested in getting more involved, all you have to do is go to our website and click the join us button at the top of the website. Again, we're looking for all stakeholders. This is not just about exhibit marketers, but we want everyone in the industry to join and be a member and help us spread the word about what we're doing. It's good stuff. Jessica, that was great. It was a really good conversation. You are a wealth of knowledge in this area. Um, I could tell that you have a ton of passion for it. I enjoyed listening to you speak at EDPA. I look forward to working with you in the future and having more of these conversations. I appreciate you taking time to come on our live show. And I think you crushed it. 
Well, thanks. <laughs> I Look, I appreciate what you're doing. I think it is an opportunity for us to bring in a number of different voices to what's mm -hmm. happening in this industry, which is really important. And I just so appreciate you setting this up so that we could share our story, share the work that we're doing, share my passion. Yeah. It's just really great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you for attending. This has been another show of Event Marketing Redefined. We greatly appreciate you being here. Greatly appreciate you sticking around. Thanks for listening to us. And I, our next show is in two weeks on Wednesday. I want to say it's the 21st, but I'm not sure. But it is it's two weeks from now on Wednesday. Look forward to having everybody, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for showing up. You've been listening to Event Marketing Redefined. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. Want to learn more about how to make your next event stand out? Follow me, Matt Kleinrock, on your LinkedIn or join our Facebook community. Thank you for listening.